the initial first phase of AI, it should be all focused around customer experience. All five years down the track, you then start looking at how can we automate our business? ASIC's chair, Joe Longo, has um, uh, recently warned about the need for appropriate controls and governance. It isn't about replacing staff. It's about getting faster, more accurate results and answers back to clients. Welcome to the Fincia podcast. Uh, today, I'm really pleased to have Robert Nissi with me of Astute Theory. Uh, he's uh, a, a previous Westpac Business Award winner, 3AW Business Award winner, uh, um, a mentor for RMIT, has also represented the government on trade missions to Singapore and London. Uh, and he's going to talk to us all about um, AI and uh, machine learning. It could be um, a long podcast, but we're going to try and grapple through this so quickly. Robert, welcome. Really glad to have you. Thanks, Lewis. Thanks for having me on. Maybe we could start off and, and you, you give us a little bit more uh, detail about the, your business and your areas of expertise. Yeah, so we initially started our firm close to 2011. And the, the key focus around it was how can we better utilize software and IT? Um, so we did something quite revolutionary back then, which was instead of building one piece of software, that we would then go to market to sell. What we decided to do was, was build functionality, build modules. And what is it that's allowed us to do for our clients, essentially, is to continually keep adding on different modules for what clients need, so we just no need to rebuild a mass big system for them. Every time a client comes to us and we're able to offer our services to a wide range of different industries, the reason why we can do that is because each module that we have essentially gets tweaked for that specific industry. And it's a really key, key notion, quite revolutionary back then. But what it's been able to do for us is really put us at the forefront. So now when there are things like AI and machine learning that are really on everyone's radar and people starting to think, how can we best utilize this? We don't need to go back and say, okay, we need to completely revamp a whole entire system. We need to essentially build little modules around that to help businesses. That's where we got a lot of these awards along the way where we won Westpac Business Tomorrow Award. Um, we did on the radio 3AW, we won the 3AW Business Award as well um, and trade missions. So we've traveled to Singapore, gone to London Tech Week, just showcasing this technology and how automation and AI can really help business. and. It was always deemed to be the corporate world that needed this type of functionality. But COVID's really pushed forward how small business can utilize, technology can utilize AI and automation. And it's no longer a scary word, which is really important. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, I, I, I think that there seems to be, uh, it's on everybody's lips and everybody wants to know about it. Um, and, and in some ways it can be a bit scary, but. Um, Maybe you can give us a little bit more on how our members of cross financial services can, you know, best use both AI and machine learning and all the other elements as well. Yeah, well, we have a very clear notion. So when it comes to AI and machine learning, we really believe that businesses should look at their current processes and procedures and start to determine, okay, what do we feel we would, we would benefit from automating? What would we benefit? What better results would we get if we sat back and said, gee, it would be great if we could go off and do these six things automatically. 
Again, the belief is that with AI and machine learning has to be this crazy, ridiculous, complex system and solution. But you can build an AI machine learning tool to know when to send an email across to your clients. It's that type of simplicity and that simple approach that really get the benefit from there across. If you look at financial services, it's one of those industries, obviously, where you've got regulation. There's a wide range of different touch points you need with your clients as well. So thinking back, how can I best service the clients? What's the best customer service experience I can give the clients? And that's really what we're telling all of our clients. The initial first phase of AI, it should be all focused around customer experience. How can you get the best customer experience? By obviously reviewing your overheads and essentially your clients feeling like they're getting a lot more service and a lot more value for the dollar they're actually paying you per across. And that, and that brings me on to um, uh, another question I'd had with, from something that I'd seen um, in, uh, in one of the commute papers recently about uh, an advisor using a uh, deep fake in himself to um, communicate with clients. Um, is that a good way forward? We believe that deepfake, and just for the listeners who may not know what deepfake is, it's the ability to essentially superimpose yourself um, or an avatar of yourself speaking, giving information. Um, I'm sure everyone over the last few months has seen a range of different videos, whether it be Barack Obama saying a certain thing or Donald Trump saying some things where it may not actually be them. We're of the belief that deepfake is fantastic. The technology still needs to be refined and we're probably a good five, five to six years away from that technology being useful in the business space. And when we say in the business space, we're talking about businesses that are in the financial service sector where trust is a really important factor. Regulation and compliance is there. These are the things where we're like, okay, let's strip it back and let's look at how can we Again, look at what we do on a day-to-day basis and how can we free up our advisors' time? How can we free up the time of our staff to actually better service the client? That's where we feel the value is right now and today. And, and I suppose that comes on to the next question I was going to ask. And that, you know, it, it, it doesn't sound as though it's the best use from what you're saying. Um, and, you know, and it is all about the metrics, the, the, the customer, um, the benefits to those. Um, one of the places where I've seen AI um, talked about it and for some time is, is you know the fund managers that are utilising um, the analysis of markets trading. Is is that where do, do you have experience of what's happening there? Yeah, definitely, and then that's exactly one of the key factors that AI should be utilised and machine learning should be utilised as well. There's another interesting thing. So when we're talking about AI and machine learning technology, there obviously is the buzzword now. Everyone's talking about ChatGPT, yeah, which is great. However, with ChatGPT, when you go in and you can basically get it to write some information out for you, it's it's only five percent of what the system or what the technology is actually capable of. We always recommend that the true value for any business, any industry and there's always a lot of concern in the sense that is this going to mean the end of our industry do we still need financial advisors will we still need lawyers well you're going to still need that because it's 
the intelligence that goes into it. It's the smarts that go into it. So we're always on the belief that when you're looking at performance, you're looking at metrics, go to a software development firm and say, we want to build some proprietary technology. We'd like to utilize AI and machine learning. And these are the five, 10, 15 different things we want to start to review. So when you're looking at, should we invest in this certain type of stock or we should look at this type of hedge fund? These are the factors that you can build these systems that are instantly behind the scenes, making calculations, reviewing the results, measuring different metrics and seeing is our automated tool where it should be? Because you don't want to be in a position where four or five years down the track, you then start looking at how can we automate our business and our decision-making process. If you start that now, doesn't mean you need to be utilized that you need to be capturing that data. That's the key part of this. You can capture the data today and get these AI machine learning systems to learn the business, learn what you do, learn your results and input your smarts into the actual software that'll really put your firm at the forefront four or five years from now. So I certainly uh, agree with you on that. Um, having with, to feed into um, ChatGBT, it doesn't get it first time all the time, does it? It, um, it needs some coaxing and it also does have a lot of um, extra things that um, seem incredible. So, um, yeah, you've just touched on uh, regulation. I'll uh, just jump into that if I may. Um, ASIC's chair, Joe Longo, has um, uh, recently warned about the need for appropriate controls and governance. Um, what are your views on that? Yeah, um, I believe that their stance is correct. But with that approach where instead of firms jumping straight into saying, here's our AI technology, we're going to go off and we're going to offer this across our clients, having that much safer approach use it internally in-house yourselves have it mirroring side by side what you currently do um give an example so one of our clients is one of the largest um suppliers in the import export business and some of the ai technology we have built in there is to predict when they need to go and make purchase orders so when they need to purchase a certain product traditionally it was always done on feel they'll go across and say, okay, we need to purchase 700 tons of XYZ. What we had in the system for 18 months was the system predicting when they needed to purchase what. And that was all based on environmental factors, sales seasons, current stock levels, weather, a wide range of different factors. The reason why we had it for 18 months, because we wanted to make sure that the results it was spitting out were 100% accurate. So the business itself wasn't going to get affected. That's how long it took with tweaks to actually get the simulation working to a point that the business owner was comfortable relying on the software. And that's where we feel some of these issues around governance and compliance can be resolved quite easily. If businesses take that initial first step, have their models working correctly and slowly are adjusting and coinciding with what they do on many basis today. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? the um, the balance between those um, uh, need to get in it to market um, against making sure that um, it works right and there are no unintended consequences. Exactly, and there is a, that huge rush. Um, another thing I would always advise firms is to go out and 
whilst off-the-shelf solutions are great, some of the factors, and this is where ASIC has, has a bit of concern, is this data is getting fed into some of these software solutions and systems. What's happening with that data? Who has access to that data? Where is it actually sitting? Mm. These compliance agencies will feel a lot more comfortable if you, the firm, the business owner, has control of the data, you know where it's stored in your server, that's a much, much easier proposition for government agencies to actually swallow and accept than, hey, we've just used this software that everyone uses where we've thrown all this data into it, but where are your clients' data sitting? That's a massive, massive issue. Okay, no, no, thank you. I, um, I could talk for ages. There's so, so much that we can discuss. But, uh, you know, just keep it to show off the audience as much as anything. And, um, you touched on it earlier and, and um, we mentioned unintended consequences. One of the things, you know, whenever there's uh, any kind of new te technology from, you know, um, cash point machines, ATMs, uh, all, all the way forward, these think it's going to be the end of the industry. Um, to, to what are your views on what it's um, going to do to the, you know, the wine color professional uh, landscape? Yeah, I believe like most industries, technology will evolve and it'll just reposition staff into different areas. Again, the whole purpose of AI machine learning in financial services isn't about replacing staff. It's about getting faster, more accurate results and answers back to clients so they can make better informed decisions. That's really the key work. So if we're looking at it saying, oh, all of a sudden we're gonna to have to remove most of our staff because AI is gonna do what we do, or no, because on a personal level, we still need to understand our clients, understand what they do, but what clients will be demanding is, if there's a change in the market, we wanna know as soon as we possibly can. But that still entails man hours, staffing, there's a wide range of things that will never actually move away from there. And there's a repositioning our focus in terms of what we actually do. Brilliant. Uh, like I said, I could carry on. And uh, I do know um, I, from my colleagues, we're, uh, we're going to be doing a webinar with you uh, early in 2024, though it seems a long way and we could do some more between then. Um, Robert, um, I'm sure, thank you very much. I'm hopeful if this is useful for some other members will be listening and, and others um really appreciate your insights and and as i say i look forward to that uh, webinar which will be uh, able to go into even more depth thank you yeah likewise yeah that's it's going to be great